bad job. Uh, I'm joking. It's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it is a, it's a great privilege and uh, an honor for myself and Amy. Um, I was saved in this church. I was discipled in this church. I was disciplined in this church. Um, I was married in this church and a father in this church. And so we... Um, well, we're just so honored to be able to uh, stand here this, this morning and just, Amy, stop making me want to cry. I said, Amy, I'm not a want to cry tonight. Um, but it is an incredible honor. Uh, we don't take this decision lightly. We know, uh, myself and Amy, we've prayed for, for this. Um, and uh, we do feel God has spoken to us. We believe God has called us uh, for this incredible church. And uh, it's, uh, we've loved this church with all our hearts. We've served this church. Um, and it's an honor to be part of this church and to see it uh, where it's going to go. We're excited for the future. And uh, we, uh, the incredible honor of being able to build on my folks' foundation. I think it's, um, like we said, we're not going to, it's building upon. And uh, so, yeah. Thanks, Kim. Cool, so, Hebrews 12, turn with me. Thanks, Darren. <laughs> so, make it sparsy, you saw. So, we've been on the Hebrew series. It's been challenging. We've been, uh, have to dig into the Word. There's been interesting conversations. There's... Uh, and uh, yeah, we trust that for, for, for everyone here this morning that, um, that you've dived into Hebrews as well, um, but it's been an incredible blessing to be able to, to read the Word and uh, to be part of, of this incredible Word that gives so much life to us uh, that we can learn upon. So, Hebrews 12, verse 1 to, to 3, it says, Therefore we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hinders uh, and the sin that so easily tangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. That's us. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so when I read this scripture, I, uh, full Collins, thanks, bro. You could put that, that photo up. Not the pregnant one. There. So, when I look at this, this piece of scripture, um, the first thing that kind of came to my mind was... Um, a bridegroom and a bride coming. And uh, it was um, this moment in our marriage, uh, not in our marriage, in our relationship, when Amy walked down and I was looking through our photos as, uh, on our wedding day and uh, I saw this one where our eyes were fixed upon each other. Um, and we see this incredible picture of... Um, Jesus and his bride. 
if we kind of look at it that way. There's an incredible uh, crowd of witnesses. There's people all around us. It was an amazing moment where we could celebrate with people all around us. And it's kind of like the, the Hebrews 11, the, the, the Hall of Fame of Faith. There's these people all around us, a crowd of witnesses, as it says in Hebrews 12, all supporting us. It was a most amazing, liberating moment. There was, it says they fling off the weight of sin. It was in that moment, almost the whole world sank. And in this moment, as I saw Amy walk down, there was like a little hill. And when we literally saw eyes, it was like the weight of the world disappeared for me. <laughs> you felt invincible. You felt at that moment, God had created this moment for at such a time as this for us. And uh, it was like almost an incredible journey ahead of us. It was the starting point of the Campbell Junior household. And uh, in that moment, um, we just locked eyes. And it's like a picture of, of Jesus with his church and how Jesus sees his church. Um, for the last three years or four years, there's been many controversies with the church. There's been a lot of, God has been shaking in COVID times and, and revealing stuff in his church because he loves it. But it's like this thing of that Jesus is for his church. It says, long before you believed in Jesus, long before um, you gave your heart to Jesus, before the first church um, met um, in, the, in the sense, the upper room, before the, uh, Jesus came to Bethlehem, uh, before the, prom the prophets prom uh, promised, uh, or prophets promised uh, he would come, before David slayed Goliath, before the Red Sea opened, before Abraham laid his precious son on the altar, before Adam and Eve were forced out of the garden, before the mountains were raised and the seas below, um, and everything that we have to know to now, the Son of God loved His church. And Jesus has always had His fire in His eyes for her. So Southern Gateway, I, I want to say this morning is that Jesus has His eyes on us. His fire. And we were chosen in Him. In Ephesians 2, it says that we were the, He chose us before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. So He's jealous. He's jealous for us. He's jealous for His church. And He sees her that the way that He wants to, or what the original uh, sense of what the church should be, wrapped in His own glory, finally free to love him fully. He was going to go through, willing to go through incredible lengths, even death on the cross, to liberate us, to have us, and to love us, you and me, his church. And so when we see, when we hear Jesus say um, that we are his bridegroom, obviously every dude in the house is like, oh, that's a bit strange, but uh, bride. Yeah, sorry, he says we are his bride, yeah. Um, it's, metaphorically, it's like the, the, Jesus kind of points a picture between the church and, the, and, and a married couple. And he's the head of the church and has the husbands ahead of the home. And, um, and so if you just picture the scene, it's Jesus, it wasn't a 
brave soldier that helped when he came across a helpless woman, the church, and, uh, and helped this woman in the battlefield. He's not a Navy SEAL who comes and he, he comes and he goes on a mission to help uh, rescue a stranger. He came and he came to the earth uh, into incredible danger uh, as a husband would do for a wife. The delight of his eyes, the desire of his heart for his church. And Jesus loves the whole church. He loves his, his bride. And uh, there are many different denominations that do stuff differently to us. Uh, we must do stuff differently to other people. But across the board, it's his bride. He has his eyes on the whole church. And uh, he is, he's, his eyes of, 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 of fire are upon them. And he knows each church. He knows Southern Gateway. Do you know that? <laughs> he knows Southern Gateway. He knows... Um, he knows the flawness, the, the, the weakness, the, uh, the moments of that our church is not perfect. And uh, many of the, the world that looks at the church and it sees perfection. But actually we are a room, a place where our perfection is in Christ. And if the world had to look at us and if we reflect in Christ rightly and what the, word, what the Word says that we are, that the world should be attracted to His church. Not look at His church and say, I can never walk through these doors because I am not perfect. But our perfection, when people walk in, they see Jesus and they see the perfection of the blood of Jesus over our lives. And he loves us and he pursues us even though we have weaknesses, even though that we have flaws, even though that sometimes we offend each other or we hurt each other. He still shepherds us. And so he knew exactly the church in Ephesus in Revelations was suffering and he could, uh, and how cold their hearts had gone. He knew the church of, I think it's, Samira would be thrown into prison. He knew the saints of Pergamon um, did not renounce him, even when it might have cost them their lives. He knew in some in Thyteria who were filled with love and faith and patience, while others tolerated sexual immorality. He knew the souls of Sardis had fallen asleep. He knew all of the good that the disciples in Philadelphia had done despite their weaknesses. He knew how lukewarm a church was. He, how wretched, pitiful, poor and blind and naked the church was. Um, and he called them real saints in Revelations 3 verse 20. In a real place, in a real time of history to come home. And he looks at the church in its imperfection and he looks with fire in his eyes and he's jealous for his church. He does not wipe us off. He pursues us. He's our shepherd. His name is Jesus. He sees more of her brokenness than we do. He sees her uh, in the remaining ugliness, yet he loves her. And he will never leave us or forsake us in Hebrews 13, verse 5. So where does this leave you and me? Yes, God loves the church, <clears throat> the whole church. 
the body of Christ. Where does that leave me? I'm, the, 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 I'm, I'm a person in the church. And in Galatians 2 verse 20, it says, I, say I, have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved and gave himself for? He gave himself for you. We cannot grasp the height, the depth of, of the love of God over your life. Not only did he die for you, you might even be just an eyelash in the body of Christ. And yet he chooses you. He pursues you. He knows everything about you. He keeps you your, your day and night. He watches over you. He leads you all the time. And in short, he loves you. He loves his church. He loves his bride. But in the same time, he loves every single person sitting here this morning. Amen. And most people, even in the church, and even myself, I've, I've experienced this in, in a way, that we feel unworthy. We feel unworthy of this incredible gift, this price that Jesus has paid for us for our lives. We do not feel worthy. And this week I was, um, I was chatting to someone about, uh, or they just mentioned the book of Hosea and how Hosea married a prostitute. And in the lifetime of, of Hosea 1, 2, and 3, we see a picture of this moment that his wife, who was a prostitute, cheats on him. So that the timeline, they don't really know if it was before or after, but it's an incredible picture of Jesus and his church and how we can sometimes, excuse the word, prostitute ourselves to the world. But yet, in our, in our shortcomings, like the book of Hosea, it comes a point where Hosea says this in Hosea 3. It says, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who has loved another man. And as an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisin. I don't know what that is. So I brought her uh, for 15 shekels of silver um, and some of barley. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So I will also be with you or be to you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without a king and prince, without sacrifice or pillar, um, without a household of gods. Afterwards, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God uh, and the David their king, and they shall come and fear to the Lord and do goodness in the latter days. And so here we see this incredible picture of, of Jesus. He says, you know, Hosea bought her but it's a picture of Jesus paid the price for her. Even though that we, can, we feel extremely unworthy, we can, be, we can prostitute ourselves to the world, we can give ourselves, we can uh, expose ourselves to the world, yet He pursues us. 
He pays for our price. He pays for our blood. He pays for our perfection and our worthiness that God has given to us. And in 1 Timothy 1 verse 5, it's saying that, um, saying that trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. The most beautiful sentence, I believe, in, in the Bible is that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So what is sin? Sin is a mindset that prefers other things than Him. Therefore, sin exchanges God for created things. That's that moment for gratification, moment of where we sell ourselves to the world. We sell ourselves short of the fullness of the glory that God has intended us to have. And it's Romans 3, verses 10. It says that, um, who are we? Every one of us. None of us is righteous. No, not one. I lost my place. Christ died for us, not because that we are worthy, but because we are unworthy. And there's no other way for us to be made worthy than through Him. Our worthiness is in Him. And so many of us that we look, we, we see ourselves, we say, God, I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy to be your bride. I'm unworthy to say that you love me. And in the, in the, in the, in the, you know, we look at our past and we look at the things and where we've prostituted ourselves, just like Hosea. But God says, I want to buy you. I'm jealous for you. My eyes are on you. I know you. And I will pay the price for your life to be in fullness of my glory. And when we come in that, when people walk into our lives, he doesn't see, or they don't see the worthiness that is from us but it's the finishing work of Christ that we are made perfect in His eyes. So it says, while we were <clears throat> still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will um, die or scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps a good person one dare to even die. But God shows His love for us uh, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that, that's the picture of, of, of Jesus. If we can show that, that original one, I think Colin's still there. Collins? There. <laughs> Colin, were you on WhatsApp, bro? There we go. So here we see a picture of Eve and of the apple and of Mary. And we see, we see Mary stamping on the snake's head and the unworthiness of Eve and how, in a sense, through Jesus, she puts her hand on Jesus because of Jesus, because of the finishing work of Jesus standing on the snake's head, Eve stands there worthy. And it's, it's an incredible picture of hope, of absolute hope. Sometimes we just need to put our hands on Jesus. Put our hands, if we're feeling unworthy, 
And so, so I'm going to ask Matt to come share. He, at Life Group, he shared a very good um, <clears throat> picture or vision that he had about worthiness. So, Morning, everyone. It's an honor to be here. Um, I just want to pray before I talk, if I may. Father God, I just come before you today, and I just ask that you just guard my heart, guard my mind, guard my words. Let everything that comes out of me today just be for your kingdom, nothing for anything else but your kingdom. Um, So the other day, not the other day, quite a while back, I had a vision. This was while I was very much dealing with the demons within me, if I could say it in broad terms. And in my vision, um, if you guys are familiar with the scriptures, you guys will know that there's a time where Jesus will come back in red and his tongue will be like a sword to judge the people of earth. And um, I already knew that part of the scripture by the time, but in my vision, I saw Jesus descend out of the sky and like within me, I just fell to my knees as every knee will bow, like all Satanists, agnostics, doesn't matter what you are, when you see Jesus ascend, you're gonna bow, doesn't matter who you are or how great you think you are. Um, And I just fell to my knees and I said, God, I'm not gonna run from you right now. My sinful body that I am right now, I'm not gonna run from you. If I am worthy to be forgiven, then you can forgive me, and if I'm not, then end me right now. I'm your cow. I'm your, I'm your sacrifice, God. And in my vision, he walked towards me, and I was crying. With my knees to the ground. I'm crying. I'm like, I'm not worthy of this. And he walked to me, and I felt his presence get closer and closer and closer, and then he walked right past me without saying a word. And it was in that moment that just tears came gushing out of me because it was the realization that even through my unworthiness of being allowed to be in your presence, you still accept me because I accept you. And in the last couple of weeks, I've been realizing that God doesn't want us to give one hand to him. He wants us to give both. He wants us to come running to him wholeheartedly. It's not about a half-assed relationship with Jesus. It's about a full-blown relationship. It was quite beautiful. Someone said now about this the spinning wheel of water, and it was quite amazing because that wheel needs to flow, and you need to get rid of things that is not supposed to be in that bucket. If that bucket stays still, things can grow in it. Algae can grow in it. That, wa- that thing is supposed to spin. And we are supposed to give ourselves entirely to God. But even when we divulge off the right path and we do our own thing, God still forgives us if we truly realize that he actually did die on the cross to forgive us. So the one thing I just want to make you guys realize is Jesus does love you. It doesn't matter about the size of your sin. And if you truly believe that Jesus can forgive you, then he can. Thank you. So Southern Gateway, Jesus looks at us with jealous eyes. 
And uh, He is for us who can be against us. And uh, our worthiness, our, our acceptance is in Christ. And that brings so much confidence and desire and, and a, a place of assurance uh, in this moment. And so I wonder if we can stand as we just end. And and uh, just as, as Matt said, that's just about giving God both our hands. Um, just symbolically, if you... Um, just maybe everyone close their eyes. And, uh, you yeah, know, just if you're feeling unworthy, um, that um, I believe right now that Jesus' eyes is fixed on you. Something when someone looks at you and, and you, you, there's nothing that you can do uh, to take someone else's eyes off you. And just sense him looking at you. He's not looking through judgmental eyes. He's looking at his bride. And if you just feel, in a sense, unworthy, just to raise both your hands and let the worthiness of the blood of Jesus just wash over you. Let those, the paddle of the, the fountain or the bucket begin to to flow over, movement begin to, to happen in your heart. And let him sense him walking towards you. And allow him to, to lavish his love upon you. And so, Father God, I pray for each person here this morning. I thank you that, Jesus, that you have never left us or forsaken us. Jesus, we deserve death. Yet you brought your son. And by his blood and on the cross that we can truly, truly, and our faith in him, our trust in him, can make us clean, can make us worthy, that our perfection is found in him. And I'm praying for those who our hands are up this morning. I pray, Lord, that they will sense the worthiness of the call upon their lives. I pray just the presence of Jesus to whisper into their hearts, into their soul, into their mind. That, Lord, truly that they would sense literally things fleeing from them, lies that they've believed in, lies of unworthiness, lies of... Um, not chosen, lives of, in a sense, the, the anger towards God, the unforgiveness towards people to God. I pray, Lord, that it will flee in the name of Jesus, that worthiness will be left. And I pray, Lord, as a bride, as a church, I pray, Lord, that our, our perfection, our, our beauty comes from you alone. And Jesus, we want to bow before you. We want to honor you with all our heart. It's you that we want. It's you that we want to fix our eyes upon. Not this world. Lord, we don't want to be people that prostitute ourselves to the world, exchange for earthly things for the image of Christ in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would, that you would help us as a church, 
Help us as a community. Lord, we know that our salvation is, uh, is secure in you. But I pray, Lord, as we hold on to that rope, I pray Lord, that we can pull closer to Jesus uh, in this very moment. We love you. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for being the incredible shepherd. Thank you, Lord, when we, we do wonder that you leave the 99 and you come for the one that we can see the love and acceptance in your eyes. So we fix our eyes on you. We fix our eyes on you. We fix our eyes on you. We fix our eyes on you this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for this, the generosity towards epilepsy. And uh, I'm sure they're going to have a lacquer Christmas dinner or lunch um, in the time to come. And uh, it's, a, just a, it's a privilege to be able to give to two people. Um, but join us for, for some coffee or tea outside and uh, have an incredible week. Um, and uh, thank you for celebrating with us uh, this morning.